And I remember my friend woke up and and she, you know, we're all hung over and she's like, what are you doing? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's it. And she's like, you know, people say that all the time. Like how many hangovers you had? Oh, I'm never drinking again. And I've said that before too, but, um, yeah, this time I, I did it. And, uh, I I've never looked back since. And honestly, like every time something really positive happened, I just reminded myself, like, you have to keep going. Like this is happening because you made that commitment. You have to keep going. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to the show, Tiana. I'm so excited to have you back here because you are on the cover of our July and August Strong Fitness Magazine. She's on the cover now. So if you guys have not seen it yet, it's on shelves at all major retailers. Tiana, I am really excited to have you on today because... I have seen your journey from practically the beginning. Like you, 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 you came on as a client and um, I really saw you make this one huge decision that literally changed everything in your life. And I feel honored because I witnessed it. <laughs> and yes. that decision was for you to give up drinking for good. Yeah. And I want to really dive into that today because I know that you've heard, you know, you're open about it. You talk about it a lot on your social platforms and, you know, uh, the story inside Strong Fitness Magazine, um, you know, goes through that as well. And you've, you've received a lot of feedback from people just so inspired by your story, maybe might be struggling with it as well. And I just want to go and dive deep into like what made you make that huge decision and what has happened that has been so positive afterwards? I'm, I'm really excited to share. Thank you for having me. I'm really pumped as always. Um, First of all, yeah, how does it feel to be on the cover? It feels unreal. It feels unreal, but it also at the same time feels like I visioned it and I worked for it and, and this is coming at the right time. Like we're going to talk about today based on the really important decisions and changes I've made, it feels like the universe is aligning everything for me now. So it, it feels great. And um, when it comes to like the drinking and that kind of thing, it's funny because when you're talking, I realized I met you when I was so much younger. It feels like almost a different uh, world. Like I feel like a completely different person. And the changes that I made in those years, uh, I almost feel like I don't recognize myself from back then. You said something that really got me in the article. You said, you know, this, you had this constant 
push and pull between a health, a healthy lifestyle. You know, you, you were always into fitness. You, you were a trainer, but then also it was also filled with destructive behaviors. And I've seen this a lot, um, especially within the fitness industry, you know, and, and, you know, even including myself when I was younger, I was very much like that. You know, I was a trainer. I was, you know, I, w- I would go to the gym during the week and then on the weekends, I would just totally go overboard and it would be so destruct- just destructive. Um, what was that like for you? Like you, you lived many years in that kind of cycle. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'll kind of start from the beginning as to mm. like how things evolved. And yes. I, I'm glad that you said that with the fitness industry, because it is a very common thing for especially younger trainers to be in the party scene. I think I was just talking to Brian about this, my husband as well, but I think that they're, you know, like they, they look good. They're very aesthetically motivated when you're younger. And then that tends to kind of follow the party lifestyle. So it's definitely not an uncommon thing. Um, And then I, so I started partying actually very young, even before I was into fitness, when I was only 13, that's the first time I started drinking. And um, prior to that, I was overweight as a child. So I was using food to cope with my emotions. I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't even know what it was called at the time. I just knew that when I ate food, when I was younger, as a child, it would make me feel better. And that meant binging on certain foods. Um, it meant eating in excess. I didn't know my true hunger signals. I was completely emotional, emotionally motivated to be eating at the time. And that was really my only tool that I had in my toolbox when I was younger. And then when I was old enough to kind of not even old enough to drink, but no, like parties were around me that was available. The people I was hanging out with in the neighborhood were a little bit older uh, that's when I, I I started drinking. And I remember the first time I ever drank, like I'm a very all or nothing person. Um, like when I go into something, I go into something hundred percent. So if it's, if it's partying, like I'll be, I'll be the top partier. Like I'll be up until 6am, but if I, it's fitness, like I'll give my all to that too. So then when I started partying, it was, it was my relief. It was like, Oh, I feel great. Like, this is awesome. I can just escape my problems. And, you know, it's such a formative time too. And looking back in my teens, like that seems so crazy to some people, but I really just didn't know how to cope with any of my anxiety, depression, any of that stuff. Um, and at the time I wasn't, I wasn't working out at all. So when I had, when I was younger, I had my emotional eating, I, um, was overweight. I lost weight, um, through unhealthy behaviors. I talk more about this too, um, in my article. And then when I was drinking, I definitely wasn't concerned for my health or anything like that. So then I decided to get healthy aka lose weight when I was in my late teens. Um, And then I did kind of temporarily give up partying. I was heavy into the dieting at the time as well. So I was just going back to what I knew when it came to fat loss, which was, I know if you do more cardio and you eat less food, you're going to be skinny. And being Mm -hmm. skinny is the epitome of health, what I thought at the time. It was all a woman should strive to be small and petite and, you know, never go above 115 pounds and all these crazy things. So yeah, I gave up drinking temporarily. I lost a lot of weight. I was really, really thin for someone of, um, who's naturally not really thin. And, um, I, I really thought that this was like the epitome of health. And, um, actually that's, that's around when I discovered lifting because I actually decided to go to school for fitness after my, uh, weight loss and health transformation. 
Um, and then I was in my early 20s. So then I went to fitness school. And uh, that's when I discovered lifting. So that's when I got introduced to things beyond cardio. I, like I went to fitness school thinking the fitness was literally just <laughs> like just cardio. And then like this many people in the population are bodybuilders, but they're really weird. And, you know, I don't want to be like them. But uh, when I was in fitness school, I got introduced to lifting and, and that's when I got my first taste. And I really did start loving strength training and, and the benefits that brought early on. Um, but then speaking of the push and pull that you asked about when I, so I was a young college student, right. And drinking is a big part of that and partying. Yeah. And um, shortly after I'd finished fitness school, I was, I kind of came back into the, the partying scene. So it was, it was very like on and off. It was kind of like the equivalent of yo-yo dieting. I would just be like, I knew drinking wasn't good back then. It was like, oh, it's making me gain weight. And that's why it's not good. I wasn't thinking like, this is just, <laughs> this is destroying my future, but it was doing that too. So yeah, I, I would party on the weekends and uh, go to like music festivals, just like go completely insane. And then I remember back then when you're young, you can stand a lot of abuse to your body, but totally. even then. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, not no totally different even in my 30s but even in my late 20s but in my early 20s I was up uh, I was out all weekend and then back to work on the Monday Tuesday Wednesday and just barely getting by like just showing up and and it's it's funny because with my drinking it's it's never like I was homeless or um you know like got kicked out of my house like nothing crazy happened that I was like oh I need to stop it was more like mediocre treading by um showing up doing the yeah. bare minimum, sleeping mm -hmm. in. And it's funny because even when I was much younger, it's it's funny when people say, oh, I'm not a morning person. I always loved mornings. Like in periods where I didn't drink, I'd wake up at 6 a.m. on a weekend to go work out. Like I loved it. And then every weekend when I was in that lifestyle, it was like, oh, sleep till noon and waste the day. And it was just, it was just on and off. And um, ultimately that's it. The rate at which I was drinking, like the frequency would decrease over the years. But then it always felt like it kind of sucked me back to that mediocre mindset. After like having one of those weekends, I would always be like, it's almost like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, you're still that same person. You're still, you're still doing these mediocre things. Like you're, you're waking up at noon, you're wasting your day. You don't care about personal development. Like it's, it's like I'd work hard and then throw that all away. So yeah. that, that was ultimately what, what led me to that decision. It's funny because you said when you were younger, you know, the only way you knew how to, let's say, deal with what was going on, because I know that you've, you know, you had troubling relationships with your mom, especially, and, and one way for you to deal with it was eating food. Like, do you think that maybe not properly um, addressing the issue, like meaning you not knowing how to actually deal with stress, you know, you were, you were overeating maybe you ended up replacing that with the partying and still not un, like not knowing how to deal with what really is causing all of these issues, right? Like we play, replace one thing for another. Exactly. And that's why it's so important. Like when I was younger, there was no talks about, uh, I did go to therapy, but there was no, I didn't understand that you need to not eliminate negative emotions. You need to sit with them and mm -hmm. cope with them in a healthy way. Um, and it was almost like I was just trying to suppress these negative feelings. And I didn't have the tools. Like I said, you're right. When I was younger, it was the food. And then I still didn't have the tools. And I think because I was so young and I grew up partying, it was always, 
it really formed my identity early on. That was a big thing. It was like, I was, I was the one who was pushing you to, <laughs> to stay out all night. Like I would be the one to be the always down to party, always that kind of thing. So it was almost like that was my go-to. Like I didn't know any other way. I didn't, I didn't have these tools of like, you know, like I, I wasn't dumb. Like I knew some people, oh, they'd go for like a hike to cope with that. But it was almost like my brain was like, no, 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 no. Like if you just, if you just have a night out, you're going to feel so good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that was one thing too. When I stopped drinking, it, it's not like people always say this about sobriety. It, it doesn't take away all your problems in itself. Uh, it's just like, oh, if you lose, if you lose body fat and you gain muscle, you're not going to let go of your body image issues. Like you have to do the the inner work, the inner work. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I went to, I've, I've been going to therapy too, right when I, around when I got sober, I've been really consistent. Um, I actually take anxiety medication as well, which has been a really big game changer for me. And that in conjunction, so if I did those things in isolation, that wouldn't have been nearly as effective, the sobriety, taking medication and therapy, but all those things together have really helped me finally, and 32 years later, learn to, learn to actually manage my emotions and unpack some of those things. What motivated you to make the decision to become sober? Like, what was that breaking point for you? Oh, yeah. So I can nail it down to the exact timeline. So December um, of 2021, I had, again, it wasn't a rock bottom, like I got kicked out of my house and I'm, I'm whatever crazy moment, but I um, had a, like the worst month in business I've had in a while. And actually, I remember like, you know, around that time, like, you know, I was talking to you about it and. I remember the mentality I was in was, well, you know, if I was like this person, I, I would yeah. be doing better. Oh, it's, it's the holiday. Like I was totally in this victim mindset. I was totally in the victim mindset. And, um, then it was near the end of the year. And of course, new year's Eve was coming up and historically new year's Eve was always my favorite day of the year. It was just the, the literally the craziest day of the year. Like, Oh my God, it's so, this is a crazy story. I've actually never shared this, but I remember like, 10 years ago, one of my times when I was drinking, that was when I actually <laughs> did get kicked out of this apartment I was staying in. So New Year's, I've always really gone really wild. So anyway, this time I was meeting up with friends for a dinner and uh, lo and behold, you know, I got way more intoxicated than I wanted to. And um, at the time too, I was very into the sober, sober curious lifestyle. So meaning I was listening to sober creators. I was, it was planted in my head that like, you got to you got to really think about this because this is your next thing. Like I always think when you're at the level that you're at, you have to do something different to get to the next step. If you're doing what you're doing, it's just not going to yield different results. It's like we tell our clients, if you're always doing the same group classes and eating the same way, it hasn't done anything for three years. It's not going to do anything next month, you know? So that's when I was like, already in this mental uh, battle and had this cognitive dissonance. And then anyway, the next morning I woke up at my friend's house and a hangover is freaking terrible. Number one, physically, because it's obviously horrible. Like you said, the older you get, it's not any easier. But for me, the worst feeling ever is always when I disappointed myself at any time in life. It's like, you have to live for you. So being in this cognitive dissonance, it, it's, this sounds so woo, but this is exactly how it felt. It felt like my best self was looking over me and being like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? Look at you. You're hungover you're gonna go pick up your kids and be a garbage parent and just put on the tv and be sick all day 
and waste the first day of the year. Like, this is how you're starting your year. And then I kept thinking of my vision board and I kept thinking of uh, people I admire. And I kept thinking of like who I want to be. And it was like deep down, I was like, you're not going to get there doing this. You're not like, this is not someone who, you know, um, goes on vacation with their family four times a year, who has a multi-million dollar business, who serves hundreds of clients. Are they having these weekend vendors? Like it's, this was the battle going in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is, this is it. I was like, I just have to, I just have to do it. And and this is my mentality. It's very all or nothing. So I was like, you know what? I just have to rip the bandaid off. I have to do the discomfort. So I ordered a book on Amazon about sobriety, literally. And then I remember my friend woke up and and she, you know, we're all hung over and she's like, what are you doing? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's it. And she's like, you know, people say that all the time. Like how many hangovers you had? Oh, I'm never drinking again. And I've said that before too, but, um, yeah, this time I, I did it and uh, I, I've never looked back since. And honestly, every time I did, so- like every time something really positive happened, I just reminded myself, like, you have to keep going. Like this is happening because you made that commitment. You have to keep going. And every time I did, like, I remember what really built up the strength. So that was January. And then we went to Vegas in yeah 2022 in April. And then I remember that was kind of booked and it was coming and I was like, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, that was the strong girls trip, right? That was yeah, the strong yeah, girls yeah. Vegas trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, you know, it's Vegas. And then no, no. Part of my mind was like, you can't, no, you're not going to, you're not going to drink. You're going to have a great time and you're not going to drink. And then I went there and had like the best trip. It was so much fun. Um, and then that really built my strength of like, Hey, you can do it. Like you can travel and have so much fun and not have a drop of alcohol. And whenever people said that, I honestly, you know how people, there's that running joke of, oh, people who wake up at 5 a.m. Like, do they really like that? I always thought, people who don't drink on vacation, do you really like that? Like, do you? <laughs> like, I swear, people, I always thought they were just just pretending. But I, I genuinely had such a good time. And then every time I did something, like a dinner, my birthday, um, March, my birthday was before that. That was good, too. Um, and then it just really strengthened my um, confidence and then so many positive things started happening. And ultimately, that's what led to now getting the cover. And I 100% know that this would not have happened had I not made that decision, 100%. I think it's like anything, you know, um, it, like if we can compare it to when somebody makes a, a goal, like, you know, they want to lose weight, they want to get healthier. And everybody's so scared of failing, right? Like, you know, this as a coach, when you come in and you're just like, that's one of the biggest fears that's, that prevents people from even starting that, that, that just this being scared of not succeeding on the plan, but it's like, it's, it's like sobriety, you know, like you just got to get through it and get through those situations that might feel a little awkward or that you might not be able to stick to everything, you know, and once you get through those situations that that commitment to yourself builds the confidence that you can keep rolling with and going forward with, I'm going to ask you this, cause you, you kind of mentioned this just now, but like, how has your life changed after becoming sober? Like, oh what are the God. big milestones that you've reached after making this huge decision of becoming sober? I honestly feel like every area of my life has majorly evolved, majorly. Like, so professionally, I've, so it's so crazy. And I will share, I'm not, you know, the numbers aren't everything. It's always the people you're impacting, but just, we want that tangible sense. December, 2021 was a complete poo-poo. Like it was 
I was in I the red. I remember getting was... those emails from you. I remember you like, I am like, I've never had the least amount of clients that I've had. Like you were, you were, you were panicking. Oh. I was, yeah, it was, I was in the red. And then again, like I was, I went from being in the mentality of like, oh, um, you know, everyone's slow in December and whatever. And then I was like, it's funny because I always say that I'm like, you need to take ownership. When, when we start getting in this battle of like, well, they have it easier. No, fuck. Sorry. F them. It's like, it's like, you, can swear. you have to take ownership. <laughs> And then in January that month, I had like, I went from literally like a 2K month. It was bad in December to 13K in January. Just, it, yes, it was January versus December, of course. And that's plays a role, but I 100% had I not been in that mindset, I wouldn't have gone on that trajectory. And then I remember that was the first year that I was making consistent 10K months and increasing, like that was the most consistent trajectory of growth that I've had in my business. Yeah. It was consistent after that January, like you, and it did like, I want to just mention that it's doesn't just happen. Like you literally committed to yes, your sobriety, but also you put your foot back on the gas. Like you were committed to this. You were committed to growing, um, not only like personally, but in your business as well. And I saw that shift right before my eyes. Like you were pumping up content, you were becoming very organized. You were, you know, uh, you, you were consistent on social media and you were consistent with showing up with us, you know, like coming and showing and being a team player and letting us help you in every, any, in any way possible. You know, you, you came and asked me questions. I said, text me anytime. And, and, and that was all part of it too, because, you know, you've given up this big, um, obstacle in your life that was setting you back, but you poured everything into moving forward positively and, you know, committing, committing yourself to your own personal growth and also your business growth too. So it was a combination of that, right? Yes, exactly. So how you do anything is how you do everything. I love Mm -hmm. that quote. So true. When you level up in one area, you're inevitably going to level up in others. So like we always tell our clients, you always told me this early on too, when you're leveling up your fitness, it's not just getting a, a nice body or whatever. It's like, you're just, you're teaching yourself discipline, delayed gratification. Um, you're setting yourself up to a routine that's going to benefit you in different ways. So when I went sober, like I mentioned as well, I um, was working on my mental health, which was really, really big for me. So like, it's funny because with, with the drinking too, I remember being in this mindset of like, even when I was in like into fitness, doing photo shoots, all that stuff. I remember just thinking, Oh, I can't wait until like three months later, like I can finally drink again. And, and I remember thinking, I, I just don't understand how I can never look forward to that. But now I, I can confidently say like, I don't have that mindset anymore. I'm like, I feel good. I'm not like, I know how to cope with my emotions. That was, that was a big one, really big one. Um, and then my relationship with my husband, with Brian has improved more than ever because he, he's, he's not sober. He never, he never really was one to drink alone. People always ask me that, but just me being able to be in the mindset that I'm in taking care of my mental health, which is only possible because of my sobriety, I was able to work on our relationship more, be connected more, um, communicate better, um, build different type of connection because when we met we were both into that same lifestyle which is crazy because not only I made an identity shift but he did as well um and that that was really really a big one it was like I think I tell this to my clients as well I'm sure you're the same but you have to shift your identity when you're changing your when you're doing a body transformation you're you're not just going to automatically go from living one way and you know being the one who 
you know, you're the person, like for me, I was the person who you'd go out with. You can count on me to, to party with you. You can count on me to, to keep you going. Uh, and now I'm not that person. Like I'm, I don't even talk to a lot of my party friends, to be yeah. honest. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's, who's training at, you know, 7am on the weekends. Like I'm the one who builds my vacations around um, the activities that I'm doing and not like the bars that I'm going to be going to. Um, so that was a big one, shifting my identity, relationship with my husband. And oh, of course, how, I just wanted to pause for one second, because I think a lot of our listeners here are like thinking, you know, if it's, if it's a partner thing, okay, let's just say that is their thing. They go out and they drink. And you just said, Brian didn't, hasn't really given up alcohol. How, like for you, how, how did you manage that? Was it a big deal for you? Um, like, I guess what would be your tip for somebody who, yeah, maybe wants to do something like, you know, body transformation or wants to do something bigger, like giving up alcohol completely, but their partner isn't there yet. Yeah, that's, that is a tough one. And I'm not going to lie. I always acknowledge that I'm lucky because I, I did it for me and I always did it for me. So whether or not Brian was drinking, I would have done it however he doesn't drink at home so the temptation was less there like I've talked to people who said their partner is more inclined to be like um you know why aren't you do-? like they're pressuring them into it which kind of sucks so my number one tip is you acknowledge it is going to be harder for some people and you got to have a community even though your partner of course is going to be the person you're connecting with the most often and of course it's going to make it more challenging really build a strong community um, of people who are like-minded aside from your partner, um, yeah. because they are going to keep you going and motivate you and really like make them an important part of your life. It's like, like, like strong girls for us. Like, to be honest with you, like now, a lot of most of the, <laughs> the things I do, the people I hang out with and, and my best friends even are, are strong girls. Um, so something like that is going to be really important because you're going to have them to lean on. Cause if your spouse, it's like that saying, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with most. And of course, maybe your spouse takes up one of those spots. Sure. But like what, think about your other four spots. That's mm-hmm. my biggest tip. That's a good yeah. one. Okay. I just want to take a short break right now to discuss something that I've absolutely fallen in love with. Now, you know that I'm a big fan of whey protein and I'm never going to give that up, but I'm also really loving the vegan diesel because it's amazing at crushing late night snacking. Diesel vegan mixes up so smooth. And my tip is to just use one cup of chilled water, nothing less. And that is the secret. So there's two things that actually make this vegan different from all the rest. One is solathin and the other is mod carb. Both are organic super grains that are amazing at helping you feel full for longer. Listen, we all know the right diet is key, but every little secret hack can help. And this shake is super easy to drink. It has a really nice oat milk flavor. It's not chunky like a lot of the other plant proteins. And it also has five plant proteins mixed together in a way that makes it work exactly like whey does. If you're interested in trying some, click the link in my show notes or go to perfectsports.com and use code JVB. J is in Jennifer, V is in Victor, B is in Ball at checkout, and you're going to save 20% off any of their amazing supplements and protein powder. So again, use JVB at checkout to save 20%. Going back to like how your life has changed, like you, you know, you're not only your business, but 
your relationship with your husband? How do you find, you know, balancing two kids now compared to before? Because you have two little boys. We all know boys are like super duper active. (laughs) Yeah. Chaotic (laughs) at a lot of times. So that was actually, that's a good one. That was another thing that's improved really positively. One thing that I noticed about me and I just had a lot of trouble managing my emotions. Like I got very, um, before I took care of my mental health, I was very like ragey, like very snappy and, and triggered by things. And I think that was definitely trickling into my parenting. Um, so that when I, when I ultimately got better with my mental health, I became sober, um, got the help that I needed. I've been a lot more present and patient and calm with my kids. Um, and everything is so tied in together. Like Brian and I have also done work together. Like, you know, we're very open about this too. We've gone to couples therapy together. We've connected much better. And one of the things that I've taken a page from his book is he's very like, he's more like calm and chill and mellow. And I'm more like, come on, I'm gonna like, gotta do things. And, and we balance each other out. So he's, he's mellowed me out now. Um, and then I've kind of, you know, brought him up to, to where he's more motivated to do certain things. But with the parenting, I've become more, more like Brian, like more not taking things too seriously, um, letting myself be a kid with my kids, um, learning to manage my emotions so that I could show them how to do that. Because when I think about it, that's really what I never had early on. Like I didn't have a healthy example of this is what we do when, when negative emotions come up. So that has been the biggest gift that I can give to my kids. And that I always say the things that keep me going are being present with my kids, how much better I've been with my parenting, being more connected with them, the experiences that we have every single, like, honestly, every sober weekend has been worth it. Even if I always used to tell myself like, Oh, it's only here and there that I drink, but you only get limited weekends with your kids. Like you get limited time where they, they see you as everything. So every ounce of that has been worth it to be sober. And uh, besides my kids, the other thing that's kept me motivated, which is another win is like, honestly, just aesthetically, I've noticed way better progress, not drinking, which um, like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but even myself, I was denying for a long time that, uh, you know, like if I'm like, oh, I don't drink that often. I'm not like a daily glass of wine drinker. I'm like a here and there drink lots kind of person, but it was, I've noticed a huge difference in my lifts in like the, how much muscle I build. Like, yeah. You, you've right? packed on some really good quality muscle since like we've noticed it hence your beautiful cover right here and your images inside it's literally like you okay we have to share this we haven't shared this story yet but like this was like you you only prepped like less than two weeks for this like this is how you walk around normally like you didn't really this is your lifestyle it's not like you did this major prep for the cover right Yes, exactly. Honestly, that is another thing that kept me going too, because I was like, you know, again, I used to be very um, on or off kind of thing. It's like, like either I'm being really strict or I'm just falling off. Yes. Now I'm, it's just consistent for me. Like I I'm staying in shape and that's, that's who I am. That's my lifestyle all the time. What advice do you have for others who are considering like embarking a sober lifestyle? What would be your advice? Maybe like a book that you, you said you read a book, like share that with us. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's different for everybody. I will say that first book, I honestly can't even remember the name, but I didn't, I didn't finish it. Cause it was very, it's very judgy. It was like, uh, every, whatever the it didn't jive. 
So then I went back to the old sober creator I follow. Her name is Your Sober Pal. She's the one who started everything because on TikTok, and honestly, everyone hates on people spending time on social media, but I love social media. Like I never would have gone on this journey had this information not been available. So I'm scrolling TikTok and I remember what connected about her was that it was like, again, she didn't have a, like I'm living on the street kind of moment. It was like being behind in life, like coasting by, being mediocre, like not reaching for your dreams, not not taking chances, just following the crowd, all this kind of stuff. And that really spoke to me. So that was, um, so I recommend whoever you connect with. And I think these days, like socials are really big one, follow them, follow their journey. Um, that was a good resource that helped me. And also I, my tip would be to not put so much pressure on yourself to need to be a hundred percent sober. If that's not what you want. Like for me, people always ask me like, Oh, why don't you just have a drink here and there? And honestly, my answer is like that. There's no point. Like why not just for me? I know it's just better if I just don't. Yeah. But if someone, like people tell me all the time, my clients have opened up to me too. They're like, listen, like I want some resources, but I, I don't want to go fully sober. Like, I hope yeah. that's okay. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like you can profoundly change your life, even going from drinking like every weekend to only drinking at weddings, for example, like that's huge. So wh whatever works for you, whoever you jive with, make sure that that is who you're taking as your inspiration. I love that advice. And I, I've shared this story many times, but like I, you know, I grew up in a bar, I grew up in a restaurant. And so I always saw drinking around me always my brother and I, that's just like, we would like come into the restaurant, we'd eat our dinner. And then my mom and dad would switch shifts. My dad would work night. My mom would work the day. And then like those regulars at the bar would be sitting there. So like, it was, I didn't realize until I met Vince, cause he didn't have that and his lit and his family didn't really drink that much. I didn't realize yeah. how much I thought that was so normal. And even with like, and my parents are amazing, amazing human beings. We had a great, I had a great upbringing. I love them to death, but just looking back, it's like, that's how they would deal with stress. Oh, you had a stressful day. Let me pour you a glass of wine. Yeah. And every stressful event in my life, one being that when my aunt passed away, there was so much alcohol around all the time, you know? And like, and when I came, when I met Vince and I realized like, this is really not how people like, this is not normal for everybody. It kind of like forced me to look in and then start to realize when I did drink a lot, it was when I had a stressful week, I would just go and drink a lot. And even after having Jackson with, you know, this, when you have your first son, your life completely changes. Your first child completely changes everything, right? Like you're living like this completely different life. And what did I do? Go back to drinking a lot. And I knew that much like you, this is not what my higher self is. Like, this is not who I am. And I, we went through therapy, not just because of that, just because I didn't deal with a lot of my, you know, stresses from before or my aunt passing away. And now yeah. it's like, I gave up drinking for a year, but now I can have one or two glasses and I'm okay on special occasions. And that's fine for me. Um, but it's, I know that I, I think it's like a, an inner, what you were saying, that inner focusing on your, how you deal with stress, focusing on yeah. the inner version of you, how you deal with stress first, um, is huge, you know? And once you get that under control or there's, there's ways about it, it doesn't have to be like you, who you don't want to see it again. Cause you know, if you have a drink, you might have more, right. You don't want that in your life. 
Well, that's the thing too. And it's funny because when you were telling that story, I remember when I was about to do my first photo shoot, we did a call. And then that's when you were like, oh, because I was kind of nervous about giving up the drinking, lo and behold. Anyway, whatever I came to, you were like, oh, I just wanted to let you know, like I, I used to like party as well. And I remember just like the first thing I thought was like, but you have your shit together. Like, there's no way you, <laughs> it was kind of like, I didn't, I thought that people who have all their life together, like they've never drank before, mm-hmm. used that as a crutch. But we've, it just goes to show, I think what that really taught me was like, you can, who you are in your earlier years, like as your identity doesn't need to stick with you forever. Like you have the power to change that. So 100%. that was one I, I was like, yeah, that, that really uh, inspired me for sure. And um, it was, oh my God, I was just about to say something and I can't remember. How do you, how do you handle like situations and environments that might trigger your temptation? Because, you know, we all have things that come up weddings or in your case, it was Vegas for the first time, but like life is still going to happen. You're still going to go to these events. Do you ever feel tempted? Oh, okay. Yes. That's a good question. I did. I just did just remember what I was going to say, because you were talking about how you hadn't drank for a year and then um, you can drink occasionally now. So so first of all, I've, I'm very careful to, to promise myself of like never drinking again. Just saying that sounds really daunting even. Yeah, so I am taking totally. things and I'm fully transparent. I'm taking things day by day, right? Who knows? Like maybe one day I'll have a couple of glasses of wine and maybe, Hey, who knows? Knock on wood, hopefully not, but I'm human and humans can make mistakes or something can happen or whatever, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any promises now of of never doing it because I need to put one foot in front of the other and just see where life takes me. Like life can always surprise. We can always evolve. And like you said, I've thought about that too, right? Like it's, it's so different if it's your emotional crutch versus like it's celebrating, it's celebrating occasionally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, we can know it's like, you know, we can know that something's not adding to our health, but occasionally it's not going to put any dents in it. So if I want to do that, one day who knows but yeah for now I'm putting one foot in front of the other but for temptations right now it's funny because I have had them earlier on but they're definitely like I would say completely gone like it's been a long time since I've been like early on for example and I remember because I used to actually I used to be a smoker a long time ago and when I quit it was like everywhere was a temptation like at a bus stop um after class like after whatever and then you just don't even think about that at all anymore so with drinking, it was like, I just told Brian, my husband, like now with the summer, with the summer, like I used to think, oh, patio, like a glass of wine, a cider, like patio, patio, patio. Like every day I wanted that so bad. And now I'm like, it's the ice cream truck. Like I'm, Harry <laughs> <laughs> Queen, like I'm listening for that. Like, that's what I think of when You're I think listening of You're listening to the ice cream truck when you go outside. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I hope I see an ice cream truck. Not like, oh, like I, I couldn't even tell you last time I passed a patio and, and thought, oh, I want to, I want to be sipping a glass of wine. So it just goes to show you can really like, like rewire yourself. Um, yeah, totally, totally. And it's, it's, I feel like it's all really about what you were saying before the people you hang out with, like most of Vince and I's friends, they don't really drink. Vince doesn't drink. And so we don't really drink on a regular basis at all. It's just like, it's not really in our life. 
Um, and I feel like that's super helpful, like hanging out with the strong girls more, hanging out with like the, the strong girls coaches more and like just people that are in the fitness industry, you know, especially the older generation, <laughs> they don't really drink. And so it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people and pe people who you want to become, you know, if you, yeah. if you're with, yeah, if you're hanging around with people that are, you know, love the patios, that's great for them. You know, they can go and enjoy their patios, but if that's the only people you have in your life, you're going to be, you're going to feel odd for not doing it, or you're going to just succumb to the situation and, and continue to live like them. Exactly. It's like that saying, it's like a spinoff of it. If you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room or like, yeah. you know, like you're saying, you want, you want to be with people who inspire you to be better, who are living the lifestyle that you want to be living. And I always equate this too to like my clients because I do understand that like, like being in the fitness lifestyle even for a while or like the stronger's lifestyle, we're always prioritizing our protein. Like we're always prioritizing our lifts and we're living, we're just not even thinking about it now. Like we love it. And then sometimes I have to stop and think like a lot of people, especially just starting out, they're, they're not even close to that. Like none of their friends might be working out. And if they do, maybe their friends are doing like some cardio classes here and there. Mm -hmm. um, their lifestyle day to day, like to them thinking about even batch cooking meals could be very overwhelming. So that's why I always tell people for the same thing we touched on earlier that you need to, you need to find people who get it. Like for, for my clients, whenever they tell me that they struggle with that, I'm like, you gotta, you gotta lean into our community because you know, who really gets that the strong girls, like yeah. we, we get it. Like we get why you're waking up at six o'clock to get your hotel workout on vacation because that's not weird gonna, to us. That's, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Exactly. Don't, don't be telling your aunt whatever because you know she's gonna be like, why are you why are you lifting weights? You're, you know, you need to be you need to be dieting. You need to be doing um whatever Weight Watchers. Um, they're not gonna get it. So you need to you need to be with the people who get it. It's gonna make you feel good about your choices. It's gonna solidify why you made the changes that you've made, and it's gonna encourage you to be better. So that's one thing. You know how we have like the success path for our clients. That's what I always tell mm -hmm. people. You're you're going to inspire others too. We come back to aspire to inspire. Um, when you're hanging out with a group of like-minded people, whoever's just starting out is going to see you. And also there's people in your community who are going to uh, inspire you. Like they've reached that next level. So you're going to yeah. be any given place in the path. And then they're going to pave the way for you for those next steps. I always say, I always used to say to my clients, it's like, yeah, at first they're going to ask you why you're doing all of this. But after when they see you, you know, they're going to say, how did you do all this? And that's when you know that you've really, you've really made it. Like you've really made that shift, not only in your own life, but now you're inspiring others. Now, yeah. Tiana, before we, before we um, say goodbye today, I want you to just give a little sneak or give us a sneak peek into your, let's say daily routine or even week routine, let's say, because you are now a successful coach, you're on our, you're an elite strong girls coach. You know, that, that means, you know, coaching 40 to 50 clients at a time. Plus, you know, you're very involved in strong, you know, we can, we know that we can call you anytime because you're always in shape. What you have two boys as well. So you're balancing two young boys, five and three or six and seven and three, seven Let's and three. Seven. Okay. Seven and three. How do you set up your day? What does your day look like? 
Well, that is a great question because I literally today, the first day of camp, that's what I thought of. I'm like, this is why I need a routine (laughs) because as you know, you got to add on like 30 to 60 minutes when you have little kids, whatever your intention. So what I came back to today, given the fact that we had a little bit of a long weekend, I always try to wake up before everyone to get started on my most important work, even if it's only for 30 minutes um, or I'll even just, just be drinking my coffee mindfully, setting my um, intention for the day. I do try and write gratitude every day as well. Um, but sometimes if it's like a really busy week, I'll also dive into some work. That way I it's easier to jump back in if I've already started. And um, then when the kids are up, I actually, I, I, I remember telling you this once, I used to set timers of like, we need to brush teeth at this time. We need to eat breakfast at this time. Like you can never be too organized with kids. So I do that sometimes, get the kids ready. Uh, I drop them off. Um, and then I, I'm fortunate enough to work from home. So um, now I've become more organized with what I do on my business on what days when I'm working on the business versus in the business. So every day is a little different depending on if I'm shooting content or not. Um, and then I do work out during the day, which again, I'm really fortunate because I have a home gym. So that makes it really easy. Now this week is an example of how you got to pivot sometimes because I just won't have time during the shorter work day. So I'm going to train in the evening, um, when the kids go to bed and I am really being mindful. This is kind of my next thing of really being phone free and present during family time, which I think any working mom, any mom can just attest it's, it's hard, but especially like when you've been on all day and you've been at your, you're at your nine to five and then you're at your five to nine. And that's, it's tough to, to, to be like present with that. So, um, that, that is, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing. Um, as of now, and then I get my workout in the evening. So the summer is pretty crazy, but Um, It's definitely the organization that keeps me sane. And every Sunday, this is what I tell my clients to do as well. I typically will put in my day planner, like my most important thing, my big rocks, as you guys say. um, And then I'll just plan the week and and make sure that I set myself up for success. That's awesome. And training and nutrition wise, are you like you are four days a week, five days a week lifting? What is your, what is your training regimen look like right now? Yeah. So I'm definitely still, I'm in muscle building mode. I did a couple of photo shoots recently. And then now I'm, I'm training five days a week. I train five days a week, not even because I have to, but because I love it. Like I, I, I love it. I would seven days a week if I, if I could, um, I'm training legs three times a week right now. Cause I'm really, really trying to grow my legs, my quads specifically. And, uh, I've upped my calorie intake recently too. So the goal over the summer is to put on some muscle, stay as lean as possible while doing it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm gradually increasing my calorie intake. So we're, I'm at like 2,200 right now. That's awesome. I love it. Give me all the food. I love the muscle building phase. <laughs> and if you're a strong girl, you know what we're talking about because it's crucial and it's also so much fun because who wants to be restricting and dieting all the time, right? That's when magic happens, yeah. Tiana, where can everybody find you if anybody wants to hire you as their coach or just connect with you, where can every, I'll now include the links in the show notes, of course. Absolutely. So the main place that I'm most active is my Instagram and that's coach Tiana daily. And that is where you can find all the information as well about how I help my clients, um, more about my process and how to apply as well. And, uh, of course I also have the team strong girls, Facebook community, which, um, we're all a part of as coaches and I'm very active in there as well. And that's going to show more of what we do for our clients as well. And then I also have another um, Facebook group for my clients called strength training and muscle building for women. Uh, 
So this is where I'll post more like in-depth content of um, the how, like how to transform your physique and that kind of thing. And yeah, those are the main ones. Amazing. And if you guys have not picked up Tiana's issue, go and find it on shelves now, or you can click on the link in the show notes and you can save $3 on your own subscription to Strong. You're not going to want to miss her amazing story, her killer workouts inside. It's uh, truly inspiring. And I love chatting with you, Tiana. I get to, I, I feel grateful that I get to ch- chat with you every single week, but it's nice to kind of discuss things longer on this podcast and really connect. I I love having you on. This was so good. Thank you, Jenny. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend, or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barnabelle Pay. Take care and stay strong.